you go through a professional course and then uh, you get into a job we never realize how difficult it is to actually make money in this world hello i'm manohar and this is the uncommon transitions podcast each episode i have a conversation with someone who has made a transition from one line of work to something very different from it to the social sector for instance or from management consulting to journalism from advertising to spirituality perhaps together with my guests i explore this transition to figure out what drove them to this change how the change has panned out and what they've learned from it we speak about the differences between the occupations they've had and how the transition has impacted them personally i chose the name uncommon transitions in the plural to showcase the plurality of transitions across a group of people not a single person and the trend so far has been exactly that each person has had one major transition but my guest in this episode breaks that trend and how over a career spanning 16 years malini gauri shankar has been through multiple transitions spanning very different fields she started in it then became a voice over artist dabbled in between as a radio jockey founded a travel company for women travelers in india and now she's back in it part time in a way different role to the one she began a career in I love this conversation for the way it brings out Malini's curiosity to see what's on the other side, her drive to embrace heterogeneity, her desire for social impact, and her business acumen which is developed not through some fancy MBA program but by building businesses and their brands from scratch. I learned so much from this insightful conversation and I hope you do too. Good morning Malini, welcome to the podcast. Good morning Manohar, happy to be here. So when I was looking at your profile it struck me that uh, you know when I compare your uh, profile to the others whom I've interviewed on this podcast the kind of transitions you've been to the through or the number of transitions you've been through is uh, is very different so you've been through so many and in fact to use uh, your own words on your website you talk about your career graph you say your career graph is quite strange uh, your experience spans multiple industries 7 years in the IT industry over a decade in voiceovers and 7 years in travel so we will we'll spend some time on all those as we go through it but uh, let's start i want to start with uh, this voiceover part one because uh, you actually in the voiceover industry right now and secondly it's probably something which uh, you know not so many people know the details of so what does a voiceover artist do and how does a day in the life of a voiceover artist look like uh sure manohar <clears throat> uh before we i delve into the voiceover uh, related details uh honestly speaking i never even thought that one day i would actually be asked to speak about this journey of uncommon transitions so thank you for starting this podcast and i feel validated in a way that okay all these jumps are not uh, you know have indeed been very fruitful and it looks interesting to other people and potentially helpful to other people with their you know career uh, journeys so coming back to the voiceover uh, industry um so i did not know that there is an industry called uh, vo- voiceover um I had a lot of exposure to media as a teenager but that was where uh, it stopped I was happily in the IT industry but uh, sometime in 2006 someone told me that uh, you have a good voice and you should uh, probably try voiceovers this was at a studio where I went to record my uh, um, singing voice so they said you know there is an opportunity why don't you do it so i asked what what is this what is voiceover what do i do and they told me what we currently have is a project which involves uh, lending voice to the character of parvati which is a series of uh, ganesha stories would you be interested so basically this was an animated cd roms project so I said yes and that is how the first voiceover happened and then over the years I realized that it this industry is not just limited to animated CD-ROMs 
this is an industry that has multiple applications which uh, includes audio books radio jingles uh, television commercials tel- uh, telephone ivrs and many more so that is how i got into the voice over industry and that that's exactly what voice over means you lend your voice to all these different applications all these things you mentioned radio jingles and tv commercials and so on it's a quite a broad list that i saw also on your website do you have any preferences for the kind of uh, voice over pro- projects you do um as i told you i started off with uh, animated cd roms and my voice used to be much shriller uh, uh, a decade ago so my voice perfectly fit the bill for a young girl or a parrot or a dog you know those kind of voices so strangely i started my voice over career giving voice to several of these uh, cartoon characters and then uh, at that at the same time as i was exploring uh, voice overs as a hobby i also took up e learning projects where you narrate a corporate module a, a learning module or something like that so uh, e learning pays by the hour and it requires hours and hours of voicing um i realized that after after doing a few uh, ha, few hundreds of hours of e learning i realized this is not something that i would want to do in the long term it was a lot of strain on the voice so that was when i started looking at uh, projects that require a lot of uh, modulation and uh, voice acting which include radio jingles television commercials the actual voicing part is very minimal but it requires a lot of skill so that i transition to that aspect of voice overs so today i call myself a commercial voice i do a lot of uh, uh, explainer videos social media promotions uh, radio tv commercials and so on so that is where i'm the most comfortable i try um, avoiding projects that require uh, hours and hours of uh, usage of your voice which is also not very good for your voice in the long run mm-hmm. yeah in the context of this podcast i was also thinking about my own experiences with uh, you know listening to um, people who've done this kind of voiceovers and a couple of instances come into mind one is of course museum audio guides right and you've done them as well and uh, i found that interesting because unlike others this is something where you immerse yourself you go into a museum you take up this audio piece and uh, you know and that voice stays with you through the journey of your museum tour and sometimes the museum audio voice is so compelling that uh, it's that voice you want to listen to again and that takes its own kind of uh, force and in fact that drives you to look at more uh, works of art and so on so i've had those kind of experiences too the other thing is uh, film dubbing right so when i was in germany the german film industry somehow they unlike others where they subtitle most of the foreign language films the germans they tend to dub them and if you look at the local tv programs they have these english movies and uh, they're all dubbed and uh, in the initial years i used to watch some of them just to also get familiarity with the german language and so on and what i notice is that somehow across different characters different actors playing different roles the voice tended to seem the same and it was a little jarring in the beginning and then i realized hey okay it's the same dubbing artist who's being used across different roles and different characters and so on and that uh, stuck that stayed with me as well so have you done some short uh, film dubbing as well um i've done a few short films one or two here and there and uh, i voiced once for a canada film trailer but i've not explored that side much uh in fact i once wanted uh, i had a dream of voicing in one of the maniratnam movies maniratnam is a popular south indian film director he's uh, popular across india so i once had that dream but uh, uh film dubbing is a different world altogether you need to be a part of the union and various other things and i discovered a world which was so big even outside the film industry 
so that I didn't bother much to delve deeper into that aspect of uh, uh, voicing. Right. Yeah, I did watch a movie recently about a voiceover artist. It's, called, it's a Hollywood movie called In a World. Um, Jake Bell is the director and she also acts in it as the main character. It's a comedy film, but it also looks at, uh, you know, the typical uh, sexist, sexist attitudes you would find in some industries where it's hard for uh, women to also, you know, break through the kind of barriers that are there. What has been your experience on this? Um, and also, what has been the gender ratio that you've seen in, in voiceover projects between male and female? And how have been the attitudes uh, towards women in this industry? Uh, honestly speaking, I haven't really experienced uh, much of gender-related uh, uh, disparity or discrimination in this industry. Uh, that's probably because you need all different kinds of voices, right? Uh, but uh, there, I but I have been in instances where it can potentially get a little embarrassing. For example, uh, early in my voiceover career, I landed a project which was about which was a government helpline on uh, rural sexual health for women. It was a rural uh, sex helpline for women. It was uh, uh, incredible to even think that I would be that voice that would help rural women in their language to know the about the various uh, different uh, uh, doubts or questions or concerns that they may have and interact with me, uh, me as in the helpline in my voice. That was very... Uh, amazing for me and the kind of impact that it would uh, make but recording that was definitely a little embarrassing uh, because uh, generally uh, in in the in the studios i have hardly come across uh, female sound engineers very few uh, female sound engineers mostly the uh, recordists are uh, men no it's interesting i think we'll get back to this also because you spent time in different uh, professions and different kind of environments so we'll look at this also as we go along so this is probably a good time to um, step back a bit go back in time Malini, to look at uh, the overall arc of your career right so let's let's go back to the beginning so you finished your be in uh, electrical and communications and graduated in 2004 and 2004 is when you started uh, in the IT industry and you were there full time until 2011. Tell me about those years in the IT industry. What kind of roles did you have and how was that journey like? So I started off uh, as an IT support engineer in one of the big uh, uh, IT firms in Chennai. I was uh, supporting a bank with their uh, you know, ba uh, website backend support. That, that's where I started. And then I moved on to uh, another company in a similar uh, banking and financial services domain. For a change this time, it was about uh, it was more about development of a product. And uh, then uh, my third uh, company in the IT industry was, uh, I was with ThoughtWorks. And there I got to work uh, on multiple uh, uh, social impact IT projects. Uh, that was where I realized that, you know, you can marry technology and social impact. I got to work in a couple of social impact projects back to back. And that gave me a very clear picture as to how technology can impact the world around us. So that was my IT uh, career and my exposure to social impact through technology uh, in that company definitely uh, you know was a stepping stone to what was what how the next phase of my uh, career would look like mm -hmm. so the seeds were seeds were sown there so to speak kind of yeah i've always been uh, a person who is a little uh, <laughs> concerned about the things that happen around me uh, when I was a teenager, I told you, right, I uh, used to regularly present poetry in All India Radio. At that time, there was uh, this radio producer when I went to audition for my voice. Uh, uh, she told me, imagine 
a big group of villagers sitting around a single transistor that is available transistor as in the radio that is available uh, for for the village and listening to you uh, you know reading out your poetry about female infanticide or blood donation or eye donation imagine the kind of impact that you can create as a young teenager what she said that day just stuck to me so so the seeds were sown there and i got a chance to uh, so the first time the medium of helping uh, of creating impact was poetry and uh, this time the medium of creating impact was as a developer uh, you know writing code that was the difference and later on it would be travel so the medium changes but impact stories remain right and of course the nature of impact also changes i guess i think one can look at the arc of your career through different um, lenses and what you just said uh, is probably one way to look at it is to see the kind of impact that you have been having has grown over the years and also has been impacting different communities uh, i don't know how others look at it but for me that is how i look at it because i like interacting with people i love these conversations and in case i am able to bring in some impact through my work that's that gives me a crazy high that that has really helped me in making these uh, decisions and transitions right yeah one of the driving forces let's say okay so so you were in it and for all those years you said support engineer product development and uh, got to do a bit of social impact related stuff as well that's that's very interesting then 2011 you moved into voice over but before you moved full time you were already doing that part time right so how did that uh, evolve right so how did wh- what triggered this whole start into getting into the voice over industry and at what point of time did you say okay now i want to leave it and take up this full time and and why did you make that decision so the first uh, hobby voice over so to speak uh, was in 2006 when i gave the lent my voice to parvati's character in the ganesha series that was back in 2006 and the, by the time i quit it industry it was 2011 over the those 5 years i actually started uh, exploring more reading up and reaching out to uh, you know fellow voice over artists on linkedin building that network and i i was just intrigued that you know i could uh, do something that uh, i love doing i basically uh, love uh, emoting and uh, acting with my voice and all of that and i could actually get paid for doing something that i love doing on a daily basis that was very intriguing for me so i started exploring the voice over industry much more i think i attended one workshop or something very brief uh, workshop on voice overs and uh, uh, several online uh, materials and courses reached out to people shamelessly all across linkedin i would send my samples to them and ask them to give me feedback and uh, yeah all that happened in those 5 years and i started uh, getting quite a bit of work i could uh, of course uh, not something that could match my it salary but money was not the thing you know there could be an alternative uh, career path where you can actually make money if you think about it once uh, you know you have a you go through a professional course and then uh, you get into a job we never realize how difficult it is to actually make money in this world so i got that experience step by step honestly that was what it was it was my alternate world what if i had not had a professional degree what if i had not uh gotten placed right after college into uh, uh you know into a job that paid me fairly well and all that i i would have gone through a career path that would have showed me the real world where making money is tough i got that opportunity i built that side of myself and 
once I got some level of confidence that, yeah, I need to try this full time. I thought I would just take a sabbatical at one point. I thought I'll get back into IT, but it never happened at that point. Mm -hmm. Now, this thing about making money is very interesting uh, because especially if you join a big firm, that part about how the firm makes money and how you get paid and so on is just uh, is a black box, right? So you just go there and you do some work and you paid for it. And the relation between the kind of impact your work is having and the connection to the revenue the firm is making is just not there unless you are in sales where you know you get some sales done and uh, you know exactly how much of your impact in the bottom line. But for a lot of carriers, especially in R&D, uh, and I've also been in IT, so I also have felt that disconnect between, you know, I'm doing all this and they're paying me, but uh, is that uh, how valuable my work is? Is that the kind of impact I'm creating? I've always faced that uh, kind of doubt. And you're right. So if you do something by yourself, then that's much more hard. Uh, and you really see the line between the work that you do and the money that you earn. And it's, of course, much more satisfying as well. Right. So you laid the groundwork from 2006 to 2011. And uh, as you said, you were getting paid for something you loved doing and you're getting projects as well. So that's uh, so 2011, you took the plunge. But uh, take me through that moment. So what went through your mind when you finally decided, OK, I'm going to stop IT work and uh, get into voice of artists full time? Did you was it an automatic decision or, you know, uh, did you? agonize over it um it was very hard because uh, you know salary is a drug it's <laughs> it's very addictive to let go of a, a good salary and i was in one of the respected uh, companies and uh, it's it's a place that it, it's not very easy to get into and uh, why would Every single person around me told me, what's wrong with you? Why would you even do this? And, um, you know, but for me, uh, for some reason, there was a disconnect that had already happened. More than a disconnect, I just was curious as to what was on the other side. What, how would it be? You know, uh, I have experienced this life, this uh, salaried uh, you know, a kind of a cushy life. What does it mean to be on the other side? What does it mean to fend for myself? And, you know, every single payment that would come in, every single project, I was generating it. That was a crazy high. And that was teaching me the fundamentals of business. Um, for me, that was my alternative to MBA. Uh, in fact, I was also going through uh, uh, my PGDBA course at that time. I was uh, doing a distance uh, MBA in finance. And I was able to understand, I, you know, whatever I was studying in that course, I could practically apply those things here in this particular, uh, uh, you know, uh, side business where I can actually generate my own income, my maintain my own books of accounts and things like that but absolutely uh, not even a single aspect of those things i was able to apply in my in the kind of line of work that i was doing so basically i had developed an interest in uh, how businesses work and that was also because i was exposed to the social impact businesses for which we did the technological interventions in that company. So uh, though in those social impact, uh, in those uh, companies in the social impact realm, I was able to see the, uh, see what kind of impact our work was directly creating. I was able to understand the company as a whole. It was not too big for me to, uh, you know, uh, get overwhelmed by. It was understandable. So, I, I really wanted to uh, apply my learnings uh, of an understanding of a small business into building my voiceover business as well as an individual. So that was a moment. It was not easy. It was very hard. 
Right. And I mean, once we started, I mean, think uh, another aspect is also the aspect of brand, right? So if you're in a large company, you really don't think about uh, one's own brand. But as a freelancer, you have to think about a brand and building that brand. And you talked about reaching out to people, networking and so on that comes in. How difficult was was it to create a brand? Now, when I see the website, I mean, it seems like you have a strong brand and you've you know, got experience across different types of voiceover work and so on. But that's been through hard work, right? That kind of brand you've generated through a lot of work. But how was that experience? Yeah, building one's own personal brand is a learning. I think every single person should uh, get at some point in their uh, lifetime. Uh, because uh, it's it's an incredible learning from transforming from an individual to be known for some a particular thing is incredible and thereby generating your revenues so uh the the the, the entire way you look at um uh, money generation income generation income is not income anymore it is revenue so <laughs> it is it is a very very different way of looking at the whole thing and the revenue comes because there are people who place their trust in you as a brand. So for that, what are the fundamental qualities for people to trust? Any any kind of trust, what does it involve? How do you build trust? The first time they work with you, you create a good impression and stick to certain uh, aspects like uh, punctuality and uh, business ethics and going beyond what is expected and delivering uh, delivering uh, satisfaction and happiness and joy over just the project. And also uh, building a brand is easier when you can uh, offer multiple services, multiple related services, uh, such as, for example, I'm a voiceover artist, but I'm also a script writer. I also build, you know, record my own samples, record and, record and edit my own samples. And at one point, I even learned some basics of video editing. So the more related services that you can provide, the more value you are bringing onto the table and the more valuable your brand becomes. Uh, the voice of Malini brand is something that I... Uh, seriously uh, started looking at only in the past couple of two, three years. But as Malini Gaurishankar, I have been around for a decade or so. And my workshops also helped me build that brand uh, image better. Right. Now, it's fascinating. So much to learn there. This workshop thing was a point I was going to come to. So you also are a voiceover artist trainer, right? You're a voiceover trainer and you conduct these workshops. What led you to that? So, uh, one thing about brand building is that uh, we only gain when we share. Our brand only becomes better when we give. Uh, when we go beyond what is just expected of the brand. That is the number one learning that I have seen in brand building. I've applied this across travel and voiceovers. In travel, yeah, we were a tour operator, but we started doing these events called Just Go, which, uh, the, which were offline events across the country, bringing travelers together uh, and uh, giving them a platform to discuss and debate uh, travel-related topics. We didn't have much of a financial gain out of it. There was hardly any financial gain out of it. They were all free events. But it helped us position ourselves as... Uh, uh, friends of the community rather actual community builders you know pe the, this company brings this brand br brings people together like that I wanted to be known as in the voiceover side I wanted to be known as someone who does not hesitate sharing and uh, uh, who is not worried about making the pie bigger so that sharing definitely helped me. I have created this lovely little community for myself, about 200 plus people 
who have taken this workshop and some of them have become voiceover artists and it opened a whole new world of people to me um very popular rjs and journalists and uh, public speakers they all came to my workshop to understand the voiceover side of things so yeah i'm very grateful for having started uh, the workshop because uh, it has really given me an amazing uh, you know network that many people would envy so we've talked a lot about um, voiceover and uh, that angle to your whole career we next move on to the whole travel part which is again a very fascinating transition disconnected or let's say not directly related to the things you've done previously you started you founded this travel company called F5 escapes let's start with uh, what the whole idea behind F5 escapes is and what led you to starting something like that um i was doing pretty well in the voice over domain at that time this was the year 2013 uh 2012 that was when the nirbhaya rape happened in december 2012 and uh, i was doing pretty well in my current stint as a voice over artist uh, um i was getting enough projects and all of that but at the same time i just could not stop myself from thinking about nirbhaya almost every single day uh and at that time because i was a freelancer at the time i was also getting uh time to travel and all of that so i i've always had an interest in travel all through uh you know my 20s i've traveled quite a bit in india especially i uh love exploring different cultures meeting people from different cultures and visiting different places um my marrying this idea of you know making public spaces safe for women in india with what i can do in travel that came about uh as i thought more and more about uh nirbhaya i started closely following the repercussions of that uh, incident you know women were not being allowed to go out much and india was termed as unsafe for women and that definitely had a big impact on the travel industry as well so that was when i thought why not uh you know uh, encourage more and more women to uh, take to the roads that was how f5 came to be again it was not more to it was less to do with the business angle of it than the impact angle of it uh putting more women on the roads that was the impact that i was yearning for and i just could not uh, you know uh, you know completely stereotyping a country saying oh, okay this is unsafe for women don't go take to the roads that also curbs personal freedom to some extent oh india is very unsafe you know you should not go out you should not go uh, you know travel by yourself or things like that that definitely is not going to help our country in any way and help our society in any way that was my thought process at that time and uh, within 2 3 months of that uh, uh, of that incident i kind of uh, uh, i thought okay what can i do as a person to put more women on the roads in india uh, i started uh, thinking about these women travel groups uh, groups idea and one thing that i noticed was there were only uh, these rich women who are traveling outside of india there were hardly any uh, women who are traveling who were traveling within india at that point as groups so why not uh, you know open up a business which would uh, uh, help women travel in india in groups uh, or we also enable them travel solo i also believed that it was more to do with the mindset with the uh, you know uh, taking that first step overcoming that fear of traveling and all of that that was what the intention behind f5 escapes was uh, in april 2013 i uh, reached out to nsr cell i am bangalore with a 
uh, rough idea of what I uh, had in mind. And in June uh, 2013, uh, I launched F5 Escapes. Uh, a seven-year journey. I had a I had my co-founder join me uh, the next year, uh, Akanksha. So uh, we built the company together over the next few years, and it became a brand in itself. And we uh, conducted a few hundreds of tours, um, uh, worked with a few thousands of women, and uh, helped uh, even a few foreign women uh, travel in India. Foreign groups travel in India. So yeah, it's also a big step. It was must have been a big step for you, right? Um, starting a company like this. And I'm, I was wondering what your thoughts are on whether you would have been able to do this without having the experience of, you know, being a freelancer and starting to build a brand for yourself. Probably that also gave you some experience to start a company and build a brand for the company. Do you think that helped or do you think you would have anyway done this even if you are completely in IT and you would have taken the plunge into something like this? Mm, I would say uh, it would it made the process easier. But I wouldn't, uh, uh, freelancing as an individual is very different from building a company. Because a company is a different, is different from the individual. Whereas uh, as a freelancer, you are the brand. So, but definitely uh, the, uh, the experience of building myself as a brand helped. Uh, I, but that also meant that, okay, this person is from a completely different industry. What would she do? What does she even know about travel? So that can also be a deterrent if you think about it. You know, for, the, uh, for somebody who is up for a prospective client, initial days I had to tell people that, yes, I have traveled on my own. I have planned trips for other people. I did not have a tourism degree. I did not even have a certificate course to show so it was very new it was a completely different ball game totally different industry and i had nobody in my family tree uh, no one i know in my close family circles is a an entrepreneur i'm the first generation entrepreneur in my family but i should t- at this point i should also tell you that i was not alone in this journey um uh, i joined this uh, course in iim bangalore which was a, a tiny one month management course for women on uh, you know for women who are who are starting up as entrepreneurs and there uh, there was uh, uh, this professor uh, one mr suresh he was a great support he was my mentor there and he also pointed me towards head start network foundation which is one of the biggest uh, grassroots level entrepreneurship communities in India. So he told me to go meet the people there and, uh, were, you know, uh, be a part of the community, learn from them and all that. That actually led to me uh, going, not just attending their events, but volunteering with Head Start for the next four years and building up their content uh, strategy and various anchoring their uh, uh, flagship events and all of that. And of course, as you mentioned, the pandemic has halted uh, the travel related offerings that you people have. In fact, it was interesting to see that uh, on your website, you have this banner which says, uh, stay home, stay safe, reminisce and travel can wait. And that's actually refreshing because uh, Usually you would see such companies trying to push the whole business forward by you know, promoting travel and so on. But uh, right now it's not probably the right time. Maybe 2021 will be different. But So how do you see things going forward in uh, this travel space, especially for your FI escapes? Just hoping for the best. That's it. This is, this is something that uh, really uh, makes me feel very uh, sad. Definitely whatever has happened to the travel industry. But it it is also a lesson for us, um, for us to be more sustainable and what we are selling. And it's not just about livelihood. It's also about uh, how much uh, Mother Earth can take and all of that. And to be very honest, even if I talk as a cutthroat business person, uh, the supply chain is definitely broken at this point. 
it's not uh um uh, you know completely a lot of people have you know uh taken to a few other things doing other things and it requires a lot of um demand generation again uh by in the travel space for travel to flourish as an industry again and uh, of course the inbound industry inbound travel as in people from other countries visiting india was a big uh, contributor earlier to our uh, economy but uh, that is going to suffer for i'm not sure how much of it will come back in 2021 either so uh, we are just hoping for the best as of now the brand remains the company remains but the operations have been temporarily halted and we have a very very good name in the industry as a very trustworthy brand and when we give out our offerings they are trusted by women across india and we wouldn't want to do anything that is half baked and make people lose trust in us that is of prime importance for us so now we now move to the last part of the at least the career uh, transitions where recently you have returned to it part time which is again fascinating returning to it after about a decade and i want you to learn a little bit more about that journey too what kind of a role have you taken up now and what triggered this move back into it actually i was not mo- planning to move back into any form of corporate uh i was doing voice overs i was doing my workshops all through this lockdown but if i gave me that challenge there was i was i constantly felt challenged and that is something that i thrive on and i was looking for a you know some kind of a challenge some kind of a part time assignment that would challenge me and push my boundaries that is because that's the person i am you know they in fact kind of created this uh, position for me this was this is a company which uh, had uh, very unique uh, people policies and very people friendly policies and highly ethical business and all of that so i thought why not let's uh, and it it was it's a it's a small company about uh, 100 people strong uh, i could still measure the impact that i was that i'm creating that is the uh, driving force reason that i wouldn't want to come back into a corporate is i would n- get paid very well but i will never know where what part i am playing to generate that money that is coming in and that is a bummer i really need to know that what value am, am i adding to this organization so i thought this might potentially be a place where i can try out uh, where where i can have a stint there are two uh, major roles that i'm playing here one is uh, my role is called uh, glue glue enabler basically uh, there is this this company has a pretty much a flat a flat hierarchy there is no hierarchy my role is one of uh, mentoring the youngsters on the team and keeping the team together working towards a common goal and playing the bridge between the client and uh, the team it's a very high tech project and uh, hence uh, i i get to play all these roles this is one part of uh, my uh, role here <laughs> the other part is um, the gender ratio is slightly skewed at this point um so there are lesser women compared to men in the organization so i am also looking at uh finding ways to improve uh the diversity in the organization gender diversity and also how to motivate uh women in the organization these two roles help me see the impact and value that i am creating on a daily basis mm-hmm. and it must be a very different uh, it world that you are entering now after 10 years right so what are the, some of the differences that you have seen oh yeah totally um this is uh, ai is everywhere <laughs> <laughs> ai big data and i mean it's it's a completely different world but the strange part is i'm still able to relate to the the basics don't change 
as long as we have our basics in place uh mm-hmm. it's the tools that generally change the programming languages can change the uh you know the concepts can change but the fundamentals never change as long as we are strong with our fundamentals we can you know work anywhere for example i was using trello in f5 and but i'm using jira here things <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, in fact even in f5 we i understood the power of technology and we had automated a lot of things in f5 we used uh, a saas tool to automate most of our workflows which would have otherwise uh, required one or two people to be doing those uh, things so as long as we stick to our core fundamentals and are very strong in those things we can apply those learnings anywhere yeah absolutely and the learning also cross different uh, occupations right you talked about your knowledge of software also helping you in automating stuff in your travel company for instance so it's there's a crossover as well i was really taken aback to know that the value that an entrepreneur has in the in a in the corporate world is immense there is so much respect that an entrepreneur gets whether you are a failed entrepreneur or you are a successful entrepreneur doesn't matter what kind of exit you have had doesn't matter the learnings are valuable in the corporate world right so now we have actually covered the arc and um, what strikes me is i mean there is so much of diversity in whatever you've done and there are clear benefits of you know a life spanning multiple occupations and one of those benefits is also is that interfacing with the diversity which you so beautifully bring out in your tedx talk where you know you talk about intentionally seeking heterogeneity in our own social professional or personal circles it makes us move our own margins as you say right our own boundaries and uh, i think that's been a constant theme throughout you've been pushing those boundaries you've been seeking out this kind of interactions beyond the your comfort zone and so on i mean especially in today's polarized world right where we are in our own bubbles and we just don't we have our our own beliefs not really listening to others and so on that's why it struck a chord where you know to quote you again you talk about this heterogeneous mingling which uh, makes you constantly challenge your own ideas and self belief systems and so on which is so important today isn't it yep absolutely it, there is nothing wrong in being in a homogeneous society all through your life just that the learnings are also limited learning lies in discomfort and every time we have a different set of people who are challenging our ideas we are put in that discomfort zone and that is where our own learning begins and we ourselves start questioning oh i didn't know about this earlier and that is also where realizing our own potential begins oh wow i belong in this so a lot of our confidence is drawn from uh, our inner selves and our inner selves relate to the immediate circles around us right that's that's also probably the reason why you know when you are in a uh, let's say uh, a, an amazing college or something like that automatically you start believing that okay i am um, among these uh, a uh, great performer so i'm also a you know a really great performer when it comes to my career so i will win so that mindset is already you know you create that mindset when you are the kind of people that you surround yourself with definitely have an impact in how your career uh, spa is going to uh, you know evolve so that's also one of the reasons why i've been a part of so many different communities sometimes i'm representing it sometimes i'm a tour guide sometimes i'm a voice over artist and sometimes i'm a mother i am also part of a lot of uh, uh, mom communities so i'm a mother and sometimes i'm a single parent community i'm part of single parent communities each one of these have so many different uh, thought processes and beliefs sometimes that butt heads with each other and honestly uh, you know uh, uh, you know some the salaried uh, uh, set of people think of uh, business people very differently business people think of salaried set of people very differently but i belong in both places <laughs> and i have you know uh, thoughts on 
both of these scenarios and i can embrace both of these people i don't identify myself as either or it's a very rare quality these days mamini i mean of course the opportunities are a lot but uh, people embracing those opportunities are not so many and the thing about you know getting to meet people from different backgrounds and learning about their motivations their inspirations their life stories and so on is also some one of the reasons i started this podcast and uh, you know learning about your journey hearing about it and the journeys of others so far has been a fascinating experience and you know i could have uh, stayed in my own it bubble so to speak then i would have met those salaried kind of people and you know the stories those people talk about right and that is limiting in a certain sense this is much more expanding which are, which is why this tedx talk also struck a chord i'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, highly recommend listeners to watch that and you know think about what uh, you're saying there and uh, embrace that idea as well of you know expanding one's horizons boundaries and mingling in different subcultures so to speak nice okay so it's been overall a fascinating journey and a fascinating look into this fascinating journey i feel as we wind down i was wondering if you know if you in hindsight looking back would you have done some things differently absolutely not some choices were probably wrong at that point in time i which i probably realized later on but those wrong choices made me the person that i am every single learning is uh, has been important in my journey so yeah absolutely no regrets uh, manohar i'm very glad things have panned out the way they have yeah yeah very nice yeah and i'm sure uh, with your philosophy of you know pushing your boundaries and also seeking out new challenges and so on i'm sure there'll be many more transitions and uh, you know if uh, we're still active on this podcast i look forward to speaking about those as well a few years from now let's see but this uh, itself has been uh, oh, good luck <laughs> yes yes this has been a very very interesting conversation thank you so much for your time malini it's been a pleasure thank you so much manohar wishing you all the very best for 2021 may this podcast go places and may you meet the most amazing people and have intriguing conversations thank you thank you i need that thank you so much manohar